us and salon owners, we know how important it is to make sure you are stocked for all of your client needs. Meet salonery.com where pro shopping is made easy. Save time by ordering all of your favorite brands and products in one online location. Earn reward points every time you shop and enjoy free shipping on all orders over $25. Shop now and save 20% off your first purchase on Solonary.com with promo code TEAS20. Visit Solonary.com today. I'm Kelly Ellers. I'm Jeffrey Lennon. And this is Volume Up by the Tees. So, Jeffrey, happy Halloween. Hmm. Happy Halloween. I love Halloween. It's It might be my favorite holiday. I don't know why. I don't dress up. No. But I do enjoy people wandering around the neighborhood, knocking on strangers' doors. And I give out, you know, adult treats, too. Mm-hmm. You do. Let's explain that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Because that could be misconstrued what what do you give out oh it's just yeah uh shots of fireball yes yeah. yes 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 so let's, <laughs> let's, let's let's qualify adult treats indeed you know my nativity it didn't go there but it's just fireball this is a okay. audio medium we've got to be clear uh or it doesn't count um <laughs> halloween is top top holiday for me yeah. um you know this as a Sweet tooth. Um, oh, all that candy. All sweet. of that excuse as an adult <laughs> to eat too much candy on this day, not frowned upon. No, doesn't matter. The day before, the day after, very much frowned upon. So Halloween. I've always found it totally savage of the parents who like do the switcheroo. Like we took all your candy and now you've got a toy. It's like, no, no, no. I want to weed through the candy. And determine for myself. Every day mm-hmm. until I'm down to the last bits of it. Those S-H-I-T-T-Y Tootsie Roll knockoff. Fruity tooties. Yeah. Those can go straight in the garbage. Great trash. Yeah, no. And then there's the random toothbrush or a piece of gum. Throw those out too. Apple, applesauce cup later. Barf. I keep getting fed all sorts of like fun Instagram ads for like sustainable ideas, Mm -hmm. which yes, we love that. But I got to tell you, I'm not drawing on a little cutie (laughs) orange. Like it's straight up not happening. And if somebody gave me one, I would just like keep walking. I think you just like chuck it back at them and be like, not today, not (laughs) today. But, you know, speaking of not today, (laughs) there's other things that are happening. There are. Um, Mm -hmm. Tell me about this hair filling thing that you were talking to us about off pod. Yes. So off pod, we were talking a little bit about this new trend called hair filling. What is it you ask? What is it you ask? It's a new treatment that promises thicker, fuller locks. So naturally you're like, yes, or mm-hmm. called extensions, right? But um, stylists are actually using this new technique where you, of course, are, are you know, wanting to embark on this for volume like we do with extensions. Mm-hmm. But some people are like, I'm not doing it. I'm not committing to that. So hair filling is this non-invasive technique, which sounds very tedious. It's longer lasting. But it's essentially where they take a synthetic or natural strand and attach it to the hair, even if it's really short or fine, and use like super thin bonding tape. Hmm. So the hair is then cut to the right length. But the brilliant thing about it is then the filler, they can be taken out or reapplied just using new tape. 
So I'm absolutely confused about the method, right? Yes. You got the piece of hair, you're tying it to the hair with a little bit of bonding tape. Seems to me like it would look pretty obvious, but I don't know. It's a new trend. And the before and after pictures, I mean, they look amazing, but. So there's that. I don't know how long it takes. Let's, yeah, let's, if you've had your hair filled recently, we'd like to hear from you. We would. Because we've got questions, uh, but no, the results look great. Yeah. Would be curious about the application process and how it holds up. Indeed. Hmm. So, you know, then, I, so we've got hair fillers, right? Okay. So now I'm going to jump over to a TikTok trend and, you know, I'm, you know, at the stoplight, just look at my phone, which you shouldn't do, right? No, I did. No. I did. Um, and I saw this article from the New York Post about the crying makeup trend on TikTok. And I'm thinking, what? There are people out there mm-hmm, that feel like if you look like you're on the verge of tears, that it makes you look better. And you don't have to even actually cry to get this look. You can just use makeup. Yeah. And... I'm utterly confused, almost as confused as I am about the hair filling, but I don't think, I think I might be an ugly crier and that's why this probably is not a trend for me. Not a glamorous <laughs> crier. Yeah. Um, I don't really get that, I, but, but I felt, I sound so old. Like whenever we talk about these TikTok trends, yeah. it's like, oh, I know you've old fogey, mm. uh, but I really don't mm-hmm. get this one. Um, no, it's creating like redness around your eyes, nose and cheeks using powder. And then it also makes your eyes look teary using a certain product as well. So utterly confused today on the pod. I mean, yeah, I feel like I am a sad girl generally, but I wouldn't do this. (laughs) So I don't really get it. Anyway, like the overdone crying stuff with like glitter can be kind of fun for a moment. Mm -hmm. I like kind of get that. But this one is a little bit of a head scratcher for me. Agree. On this Halloween. On this Halloween. Spooky. (laughs) Real spooky. So on our last episode, we talked with Natalia, otherwise known as Nati Lopez. Nati is a Los Angeles-based tattoo artist. She's been tattooing since 2017, and with a rising follower count, she is making waves in the tattoo industry with her work and designs. And now she's branched out into modeling as well. She joined us to discuss her journey, what tattoos and tattooing mean to her, and how she feels about any remaining stigma. Make sure that you subscribe, rate, and review, and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok at Read the Tease, and send in questions to volumeup at thetease.com. We will also accept whether or not you think that Kelly should be tattooed by Nati. Oh, no. You can just let us know. Yikes. Same places. <laughs> this week, we're talking with Grega Prothero. Grega is a master stylist and founder of Grega, a diverse and inclusive salon space where talented hairstylists stay up with current trends and share new techniques, as well as master the hair classics we all know and love. Located in Los Angeles, Grega is best known for its laid-back, welcoming environment, and specialties of vibrant color, lived-in looks, and accentuating cuts. Born in the Philippines and raised in Los Angeles, over the years, Grega has built an impressive cult following. And in 2020, she joined forces with her husband, Colin, to open doors of Grega, where clients come to both indulge and transform. With over 15 years of experience cutting, coloring, and styling, Grega Prothero has a true talent and passion for making her clients look and feel their best, and for building a team of creative individuals who come together to do the same. You're going to love this interview. But before we get to it, it is Halloween. We've talked about this. Mm -hmm. And there's some other things that are happening uh, specific to 
spooky core. I don't know. <laughs> is that a thing? And it's the House of Dragon Targaryen blonde. Mm-hmm. It's trending everywhere. The New York Times has been writing about it. Kelly, what are your what are your thoughts here? Um, does Targaryen blonde appeal to you? Indeed, it does. Yes. I mean, I love it. I could never get to the Targaryen ice blonde, but I do have an appreciation for it. I mean, imagine the maintenance on that. I mean, yeah, that's why I'm not blonde right now. I think it's beautiful and I like it. I'm, I'm here for it. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited that people are being inspired to go platinum. Um, and especially during the winter often, I mean, you know, it's the, the people go darker, all of those things. Uh, so it's fun, but the cast wears wigs. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, maintenance is a little bit easier when we're not wearing our real hair um, and lifting to that extent. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, let's also talk about the sort of elephant in the room. Uh, when thinking about House of Dragon mm-hmm. and this Targaryen blonde, um, not all wigs are created equal. We're going to do a little bit of digging on the tees mm-hmm. um, because something seems to be amiss in in the land of Westeros. Mm-hmm. Uh as it pertains to specific characters and their Targaryen blonde having to do with texture. Yeah. I mean, dare I say, we think some of it might be a little off. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's an understatement. We'll get into that at some point. Um, But we'd love to know how you guys are feeling about Targaryen blonde. Yeah. Are clients asking for it? Is this something that only the New York Times is is writing about? Or, Or are you seeing it in your hood too? Let's get into it. Let us know. Let us know. So another article I wanted to chat about is why hair salons are critical for residents of senior living communities. And our friends over at Allure talked about this this week in an article. And it brings me back because, as you know, my mom was a salon owner and stylist for 40 years. And over those 40 years, obviously, we all are aging, right? And do head into assisted living or nursing facilities Mm -hmm. or just can't really frequently leave the house. And so I remember my mom actually going to her older clients and doing their hair and how big of a difference that made in their day and their lives, whether it was just like a quick set look Mm -hmm. um, that they would do every week or every other week. And it was a big deal. And so, you know, I think it's an important topic to talk about. Um, You know, research was showing that it's an often overlooked amenity that is really, really key for mental health mm-hmm. uh, for folks in places uh, like assisted living or nursing home facilities. What do you think about that, Jeff? I mean, we talk about it on this podcast all the time in terms of people and that linkage between looking good and feeling good. Right. And I mean, it makes sense that, you know, what they found in the article is what people are experiencing. And I mean, I, I feel like looking ahead a couple dozen, you know, years or more, some decades, um, <laughs> I wouldn't want to be forgotten about. Right. And so like, it makes perfect sense to me that I'd want to be, you know, taken care of in this way and be able to take care of myself. And so I love what you talked about with your mom. And I feel like people that are giving back and doing this thing, you know, we should congratulate them and totally. keep it up because it's so special. That's what I was going to say. Kudos to the stylists out there. They're like, you know what? I just want you know, I want to add this service to my repertoire with this specific age group and make them feel beautiful and special day over day, week over week. So kudos to the stylists out there for not forgetting about that key demographic that also still wants to feel beautiful and have positive vibes about mental health. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, let's talk a little bit about what is trending on our site. 
Uh, our editorial team has been hard at work this week in covering industry news, looking into trends and diving into brands that you don't know, but you should. And here are some of our favorite headlines from thetease.com. First up, something that has rocked the Tease team's world um, is an article entitled, New Study Shows Chemical Hair Straighteners May Be Putting Black Women at a Greater Risk for Uterine Cancer. Much has been said about the link between chemical hair straighteners and the development of uterine fibroids, particularly for Black women. Well, now it appears that frequent use of chemical hair straightening products could raise the risk of uterine cancer, according to a new study by the National Institutes of Health. The alarming results came after a group of researchers within the National Institute of Environmental Health and Sciences studied the hair care habits of 30,947 women ages 35 to 74 across the U.S. in a longitudinal study for almost 11 years. During this time, 378 uterine cancer cases were diagnosed. The researchers found that women who use straightening products four or more times a year were more than twice as likely to develop uterine cancer compared to those who did not. They did not find any associations between the use of other hair products such as dyes, bleach, highlights, or perms and uterine cancer, which is important. However, and the article goes on to talk about this, Black women are using hair straightening products much more so than are others. Um, and so the article dives into this and more uh, in terms of the impact, um, the worrying effects. Um, and so, yeah, this is kind of blowing everybody's mind. Lots is being said and lots is being written. Um, Kelly, what do you make of the news? I mean, I think it's incredibly alarming. Um, and one of those things that, you know, we're using products every day and then in 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years, are we going to be like, wait a second, mm -hmm. what the heck were we doing? Why mm -hmm. weren't there any regulations or standards around these products that were commonly used, you know, day over day, year over year? So, I mean, women who use straightening products for or more times a year were twice as likely to develop uterine cancer. Yikes. Not good odds. That says to me that we at the T's need to dig in a little bit deeper and figure out, get to the bottom of this, who is regulating this or not regulating this and help bring this news to the forefront. For sure. For sure. And more has already been written about on the T's. Uh, so there are stories that are now um, regarding lawsuits that have followed um, this study. So uh, again, head to the T's.com, check it out. Uh, but you should definitely take a few minutes in and read that article in particular. Another story that is really near and dear to us, um, something that we're excited about is called new docuseries, The Hair Tale Celebrates the Beauty of Black Hair. Oprah Winfrey Network and Disney's Onyx Collective just released the trailer for their upcoming collaborative series, Hair Tales. In the new docuseries, Tracy Ellis Ross and Michaela Angelus Davis will explore the unique hair experiences of six successful Black women. The show seeks to uncover how different societal and historical themes relate to the way that these women have learned and unlearned ideas relating to their own hair. The Hair Tales is structured as individual interviews conducted by Tracy Ellis Ross. The women who will be opening up about vulnerable stories and experiences are Issa Rae, Representative Ayanna Presley, Chica, Marseille Martin, Chloe Bailey, and Oprah Winfrey. In addition to the subjects, the show's entire creative team is composed of women of color, which we'd love to see. Uh, lots of excitement around this project. Uh, head to thetees.com for the full story and then check it out. It is streaming on Hulu. I'm going to add it to my list for this weekend. In fact, I am searching for something to watch and I cannot wait. And they've done a really incredible job of the social promo. Um, they released a video of Salon ASMR, which we've shared on the tease, uh, which was incredibly satisfying. Mm -hmm. Tracy Ellis Ross, who, as we all know, famous actress, daughter of the Diana Ross. The also 
brand founder of Pattern Beauty, mm-hmm. has lots of opinions um, regarding hair and the Black hair experience. So really excited about this project. Um, and again, read more on thetease.com. Next up, last story that you're really going to need to dive into is called Meet Ypre, the new bond-building hair care brand that's set to be the next Olaplex. Shots fired. <laughs> Olaplex may have just met its match with the arrival of a new bond-building hair care brand. And get this, the hair care newcomer's founder has close ties to the original bond builder. Allow us to introduce you to Ypre, a next-gen bond repair treatment that repairs damaged hair in just one step. The new hair care system is the brainchild of material scientist Dr. Eric Presley, one of the original co-inventors of the massively successful Olaplex, and his business partner, Michael Sampson. Quote, Ypres is the future of hair care, specifically formulated for both professionals and consumers, end quote. Gotta go to thetease.com to read the rest of this piece and check out why you should be adding Ypres to cart. Kelly, are you down to go all in on this, to try something new? I am, totally. One, I can appreciate the beauty of the packaging, right? And so I'm a sucker for that off off the get-go, right? Love the name, love the packaging. It's beautifully done. And, you know, it's been interesting to me to see, you know, obviously some of the the patents were up for grabs or, or <laughs> whatever the right word is, right? Um, with Olaplex and the technology. So it's been interesting to me to see all of the bond builders pop up and who's going to kind of rise to the top. I mean, mm-hmm. Olaplex is on fire. I don't know if they ever won't be, but it will be interesting to see who slides into second, third, fourth place as as we continue to explore that professional bond building market. <laughs> as always, so much going on Tease.com. Thank you to our hardworking editors. We're proud to publish stories that salon pros and consumers care about. Next up, my interview with Grega Prothero. Again, Grega is a master stylist and founder of Grega, a diverse and inclusive salon space where talented hairstylists come up with current trends and share new techniques. Here's my interview. Grega Prothero is a master stylist and founder of Grega, a diverse and inclusive salon space where talented hairstylists stay up with current trends and share new techniques, as well as master the hair classics we all know and love. Located in Los Angeles, Grega is best known for its laid-back, welcoming environment and specialties of vibrant color, lived-in looks, and accentuating cuts. Born in the Philippines and raised in Los Angeles, over the years, Grega has built an impressive cult following. And in 2020, she joined forces with her husband, Colin, to open doors of Grega, where clients come to both indulge and transform. With over 15 years of experience cutting, coloring, and styling, she has a true talent and passion for making her clients look and feel their best and for building a team of creative individuals who come together to do the same. That's quite a bio. We love it. We're going to dig into all things Grega. So welcome to the podcast today. Yay. Thanks for having me on. You bet. So you have an incredible history, but we're going to start at the beginning. So we want to talk today a little bit about how did you get into the industry? Was this, you know, something that you had a passion for as a young child? Was there, you know, someone in your family that was, that was a stylist? Take us all the way back. Um, Basically becoming a hairstylist was just me loving, you know, a lot of like art and a lot of like rock and roll and punk and indie influences. And okay. I would always see these really amazing, you know, uh, lead singers or musicians. And I'm going, where do they get their hair done? Right. I love it. And back then my mom would take me to like my aunt or grandma's place. And again, <laughs> grandma and aunt has to have their own place too. Mm-hmm. But you know, it was more traditional like perms or, you know, like the 
older ladies, you know, look, which that was great for them. But I was going, where does someone get this kind of style? So I was only around more of the like, you know, just the more traditional um, uh, salons and all that. So I started, of course, this was pre YouTube. All right. You know, there were no <laughs> tutorials. And I think maybe that's where a lot of people started. It's like, well, okay, I don't know where to go. So let me try it on myself. And Fortunately, it came out all right for being like a, you know, a, uh, just a beginner, but then more friends started coming like, Hey, I want to get my hair done. That's cool too. And I was an amateur. So some of it came out. Okay. (laughs) And some like, well, you're getting this done for free and I don't have a license. So I was very fortunate that people just kind of in high school were like, okay, I'm down. Just try it on me. Like, okay, well, look at this magazine and let's hope for the best. Right. And it just kind of went from there and I really loved it, but I grew up where my, all my families are all doctors and nurses. So, which is, you know, obviously a very respectful career. And with that, it was just in the back of my mind. My family was like, that's what you're going to do. You're going to be a doctor and nurse. Mm -hmm. When you're a kid, you're like, oh my God, that's like, 500 years from now, that's going to be forever. Then you wake up one day and you're like, oh my God, I have to start picking calls. It's here. Right. Like, Uh so I just was like, I don't know. I don't want to upset them. It was just like a lot of things. And of course, you know, I just was thinking, oh, that's, I don't have to think about it. But the time came, I had to. So I said, okay, you know what? I'm just going to go to a city college and I'll start my process in becoming a nurse. Okay. And I usually am a pretty good student, but you know, as we know in college, your professor's not going to call your parents when you're not showing up to class. You realize mm-hmm. I don't really, no one's going to say anything. So I, just, <laughs> I really did not like it. Just personally, the sight of blood makes me want to pass out. <laughs> I think I've saved more lives not becoming a nurse. <laughs> you know, I probably would like passed out with the patient. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. all these things. So, um, with that, I just I said no. I don't. I can't do this. So I kind of I quit. Okay. You know, I stopped going to school. But I know as parents always go, well, if you want this career, you got to pay for it yourself, right? Okay. Coming out of college, I'm going. Uh, you know, I can't. Or I mean, I'm cutting coming out of high school. I realized, well, you know what. I know they're going to put that on me. So I need to start making money. So I was just working at an office. You know, they would ask me, how's nursing school going? I'm like, yeah, great. Get out. Yeah, like (laughs) awesome. And then I'd be like just working at my office job to make extra money. Of course, the truth always comes out. You can Mm -hmm. only do it for so much. One day they get this letter and they're like, why did it say you didn't sign up this semester? And I was like, mm-hmm. well, um, uh, I got to tell you something, you know, <laughs> and they're like bracing for the worst. And then I just told them, you know, I just really feel like I've tried it. It's just not for me. And they're like, well, what are you going to do with your life? You know, so not a nurse, a doctor. I was like, no, <laughs> they're like, um, okay. What else could there be? You know, I'm like, well, there's a lot of other industries out there. I mean, so I thought, you know, I, I like a lot of, you know, you see that I was like to have fun with my hair. This is when I used to just like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like I would like shave it. I would do all these things to it. It was definitely more on the wild side than you, you see now, but that's okay. Been there, done that. Yeah. And they were just like, well, what do you mean? And like, you're, you don't want to be an artist, do you? I was like, well, yeah, but like a hairstylist. Mm-hmm. And 
normally it would be like, oh, okay, well, we'll see. But yeah, and I'm not even being dramatic. My entire family was like, oh my God, what's, what's going on? Like, mm-hmm. like, you know, like basically like, oh, what's going to happen to her life? And I realized you make it sound like I'm like, you know, right. Addicted to uh, meth or something. like that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm literally just saying like, Hey, can I just want to choose this path? And they were just like, I, I don't even know. And in retrospect, I see like as parents, of course, they want to make sure their child is taken care of all that. But it was like, yeah, but I really want this. Like I'll, I will, you know, this is a career choice I want. Yeah. And they were just like, as I kind of suspected, they're like, well, we're not going to pay for it. You got to do it all. Mm-hmm. So I thought, okay, I was prepared for this. Here we go. So, yeah. And wow. I, I would say this was about, oh, wow. I, I would say like 18 years ago, 17, 18 years ago. Okay. So people were doing hair, but I feel like, you know, really the internet was around, but I do feel like there's so much more resources now to look or like support, like you could find it where at the time, I maybe knew one or two girls personally or people that were doing cosmetology school, but they were either in, you know, like the really expensive Paul Mitchell schools Mm -hmm. or like maybe like a, a beauty college, which I was like, well, okay, there's this name. Right. But I'm paying it for myself. And even at the time it was like $17,000 or I don't Yeah. And this inflation, you can only imagine now, but Mm -hmm. I mean, I hear they have a good program, all that. But just doing it on your own, I'm like, I I, I can't do that. Mm-hmm. So then I went, oh, but at the time I did not know this. Like I was like, oh, beauty college, like, don't they want a name, right? They want a name. How am I gonna get there? Uh, so I thought, oh no, that's probably bad because this beauty college is like, you know, I, so I found like an in-between, like um, it is a private school, but at least it was a little more affordable. Yeah. Uh, I realized, okay, I better hustle. I better work. I worked during the day, went to cosmetology school at night. Wow. And, you know, just kind of, and fortunately I was able to get some sort of um, loans with that, but mm-hmm. glad the loans weren't that crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, at least again, how many years ago I was fortunate, at least it was like $8,000, which is not chump change, but also not like, you know, over double digits, you know? So yeah. For sure. Again, paying all of it on my own. So that's when I just kind of, you know, everyone was just going, we'll see if you finish like, oh, how cute hair, you know, like you're just going to be <laughs> no. the scissors and going, oh, you know, I'm like, actually, it's a very like, it, it is a career and people should be respected for this. But it's just kind of showing like, you know what, I, no matter what, you have to do it for yourself. So I just basically just, I was like, I have to show them like, it's not just Oh, it's a phase of my life, you know? Yeah. Once I basically finished and everything, you know, they were like, oh, she's done. And so first like, okay, she's done with school, but let's see what she does with it. Yeah. You know, immediately I wanted to make sure I went to a, like started doing assisting and then just that. And then here we are, I'm still with it 17 years from now. So they realize, oh yeah, I guess it's not a hobby. (laughs) They finally came around, you know, at first like, oh Oh, you can like pay your own bills with this field. What? You can get your own place with this. Like you don't need mm-hmm. it actually. So it was also a nice way to show just anyone who isn't really familiar with the hair industry or any beauty yeah. industry that like, actually you get your hair cut, you cover your grays. What if they disappeared? You know, right. nurses and doctors want to feel good too in a different way. Right. You know, yeah. so I think it was all of them just kind of coming around going like, okay, like this is a career, (laughs) you know? Yeah. It's here. 
Yeah. And, you know, here at the T's, we've got a little bit of a bone to pick with our industry. And the fact that, you know, there is that perception of like, you know, oh, just a stylist or colorist, or you're going to cosmetology school. Um, And I think, you know, as a society, hopefully we're getting better with that. Mm -hmm. But it sounds like you initially did have those naysayers, if you will, in your life. And it probably made you doubt your decision. Yes. Like I definitely was like, what am I doing? Maybe they're right. Yeah. Something I think maybe I'm, I'm the person that thrives in like, Oh, you don't believe I can do it? Well, I'm actually going to really work hard to prove you wrong. Like it's more, I don't know if that's my motivation, but I also think like, I, I was like deep down, I was like, well, that's really disrespectful because I love my stylist and I, you know, right. You see this place that I like, finally, when I found, I had found one at the time, I know like, you know, back in the day of Carlton, you know, it was like, this place is so cool. So that was <laughs> also made me want to go uh-huh. the industry. Cause I always thought it was more just like, you know, just like, kind of like, you know, like, um, more mellow and not as edgy. And then I walk into Carlton or something like that. And I was like, right. Oh, they play cool music. Everyone. Uh-huh. Cool. So that's how and I'm like, well, you know, and even at the time they weren't dirt cheap or anything. And I thought mm-hmm. well, like, we're paying for this. Why is that not a career? So yeah, exactly. So did you along in the way have anyone that was in your corner for this and meaning like a mentor or somebody that was encouraging you to keep going and, and not to kind of revert back to a different career? You know, it was really hard at the time. Like I, I didn't necessarily have a, a mentor, but I had best friends since we've been friends since she was seven and I was 11. Yeah. So you know, okay. that's like, or I'm sorry. Yeah. Somewhere or, or no, she was nine. I was 11 anyways. So, um, yeah, we've been friends since. And she, there were many times where I'm like, I just like, like, right. what I'm, I don't know why I'm doing this. And she goes like you, I think you're meant to, you're meant to be doing this and prove them wrong. And it was really just like a very few. And I, you know, I love my mom, but she was more like, she didn't, she just was like, oh, I'll just let you do your thing. Right. Uh, you yeah. Know? So it was really just like a couple of friends. And okay, I think for me, one of the, like, I, it was a weird sign. I don't know. It was just coincidence. I remember I was at this crossroad. I'm like, maybe I'm just going to stop. And I went, we were at a restaurant. I don't even remember. And some girl, the, the hostess was like, Hey, are you a hairstylist at blah, blah, blah. Hmm. And I'm like, no. And she goes, Oh, I just, you just kind of look like a hairstylist to me. And I don't know why. Yeah. Interesting. And she was like, I right? thought you worked at this one place. And this huh. is, I don't know, a stranger. I don't even know till this day. And I remember going like, I mean, it was kind of like around that like time when I was just questioning it. And I went, you know, what? interesting. The, the fact that someone had been like, Oh, do you work? Are you a hairstylist? Do you have a card? I'm going like, no, but like, I'm, I'm training to be one. And I think that was like that, like, yeah, that's awesome. This is it. This is my, I, I got to do this. I got to do this. Yeah. Like this weird mini sign, I would say, but that is, I mean, because that's a pretty unique thing to just walk up and ask a random person. Yeah. Or I guess I was right? like, in for my <laughs> reservation, but yeah, she just had thought like, yeah. And I was like, huh. no, I'm not, but I'm definitely going to be one, you know, going to get there. (laughs) So, okay. So you finished cosmetology school and then tell me about you, you were assisting, but take me through the journey um, kind of in the early years um, of being a licensed professional. Yeah. And I, you know, I think 
when I first got out of cosmetology school, I was feeling so good. Cause I, again, I usually am very like, if I'm not into something, I was doing really well in cosmetology school. Like it was really cool that a lot of the, um, like people are about to graduate. were passing all their clients to me. And it's so That's cool. People did like mm-hmm. student of the month and I kept getting it every <laughs> month. And I was like, yeah. So I thought I was like, Oh, I'm so ready for the floor. I know what's up. And then, which I'm very thankful, the reality of assisting and and I'm going like, man, at first I was like, oh, I got to like sweep hair. Oh my gosh. And then I realized, no, I I need to step back. There is way more I need to learn. Like, you know, you're in the real world now. Like, like, yes, Mm -hmm. these school people are real people and you make some clients and friends, but you're in this whole new ball game and everything. Like, so I was very thankful. I think it's so necessary, you know, and I, it, it, God, I'm glad took me down a notch to realize like, no, like this is so important. And at the time I was assisting three people at once. So, oh wow, you know, and again, it was more of that old school, like, do not ever sit, you know, this and that. And I, I'm very like, let me know what you need. I had like a notepad to get everybody's like, you know, like a, like timing. And I think it does teach you how to multitask. And mm-hmm. it is important to also know, like, how each stylist or a stylist does handles their business side and what, what, what not to do. I definitely saw like, Oh my God, this poor person is like, you know, like just running themselves to the ground and not charging enough. You know, like you see like mm-hmm. also like techniques, right. And you, you really, yeah. even if you're like, Oh, I'll never work for them again or whatever. You always learn what you don't want. True. And I think that's what you remember too. Like, so I think I was really grateful that each of them kind of like, I watched their style picked up a few things and yeah, just the ability to multitask, like really. Yeah. Okay. So this person's at this time and just kind of picking up your own kind of style of doing things and making it your own. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell me a little bit about how Greg has started in 2020, because that was quite a year to start a business. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, a, what timing, right? Um, yes. <laughs> you know, I just had been there and I was, so my first salon, I worked at nine years and loved them. Okay. Long beach. So it was 30 miles from where, like from LA. So, you know, I was there. Yeah. I always wanted to be out in LA. I knew like all my friends were moving out there. I was going out there 90% of the time. Yeah. But then I realized, Oh my gosh, I have a set clientele here for like nine years. And it, yeah, but and I also moved from to LA and I was like, I can't do this commute anymore. And this was that's a commute. Yeah. And it was like, you know, I went the opposite year, just your life is on the road. And I really thought, like, maybe no, because I'm I have this booked out clientele. I I, I can't leave it. But I was just, I knew I kind of wanted to change. It. Okay. And I thought, well, you know, once we got our place, our house here in, in LA, I was like, I have to start making my roots. I can't be half and half. Yeah. It's going to be a big uh, change. And, you know, I will lose some people, but I like, I just wanted kind of like a fresh start in a way. Okay. Mm-hmm. Knowing like my knowledge, you know, being the like assistant to apprentice to on the floor and you know, just some places you start to have a certain dynamic and I thought, okay, it's, it's time. It's time. Yeah. So when I did, fortunately, a lot of my friends did live in LA. So I started doing a little bit of hair once or twice a week Okay. and then building a following. And then I went fully, I was like, okay, everybody, I'm going to miss you, you know, and told everybody ahead of time, all this. So, um, then maybe I've been working in LA for maybe seven years now. So okay, seven years. Yeah. So I'd say I've been out there for that. Yeah. No. Yeah. Seven years. Okay. And first I realized, oh, I'm going to get nobody, but like, I think it's really just like getting yourself out there. And again, this was 2016, obviously no pandemic world, but still, you know, it was like 
just pushing like, okay, I got to start having a hair Instagram. I got to start doing this, that yep. talking to friends, you know, and it, you know, it was a lot of hard work at first. I knew like you have to put in the time. You can't just sit there and go, okay, they're coming to me. So I really just like, I worked some Sundays, you know, I did actually have extra days, but you have to do that at first yeah. if you want to be busy. Right. And so once, I don't know, I would say fortunately within a year and a half, I built like almost completely. And wow. a lot of my clients, again, I was like, it's okay. If you don't follow me, I can tell I can recommend this, this, and that. And a few of them were like, yeah, I think I'm gonna, or which again, no offense. And some of them were like, you've been doing my hair for like 10, 12 years. I don't, yeah. And I'm like, okay, well, if you're okay with that, I'm here, I'm located here. If ever, let me know, I have your formula. Like it's all good. And, um, they're still with me today. So I'd say, wow, like I would say at first 30% and I, with the pandemic, I've actually maybe retrieved like 35, 40% of them back. Wow. Cause if they're working from home and they're there all day and they're like, and it, it's become like a feeling, right? Like hair. Yeah. You want to look good, but like there's a hairstylist literally in every corner, right? Like you can <laughs> look on your phone. You can go to the next door one. You can drive a mile, five miles, 10, whatever. And they're like, I don't know. I just like, like the way you do it. And I'm like, okay, cool. So that's awesome. You know, they'll come out and, you know, fortunately colors, not every four weeks, most of them are a little bit longer and they say, Hey, it gets me out of the house and yeah, I have a good experience. So that that's how it just came about. And then as time went on, you know, being at the other place, I was just writing a chair there. Okay. Like everyone just always kind of thought I was the owner because the owner was really super hands-off, which, you know, again, you always learn from stuff. Like, you know, I was really grateful I got to start there, but it was, you know, it's like, you don't want the micromanager, but you also don't want that. Like, are you, were, are you alive? The MIA? <laughs> are you like, uh, we need more toilet paper. Can you just, like it became like, it was like, good luck. Bye. And then, you know, but anyway, so then I just started going, well, uh, well, this place, I was lucky. It did bring a lot of clientele, a lot of walk-in. So I was like, well, you know what, if they're not there, that's fine. Like I'll, I still want to make sure where I work at looks presentable. Like mm -hmm. I'm not going to obviously pay the bills of the place, but I thought, you know, like, I don't know. I really liked the people I had worked with. I was like, at least kind of bring some sort of cheer. It was a smaller salon about six. So okay. as opposed to my old salon in Long Beach was about like 18. So it was huge, Okay, but I liked the smaller. So then there's always things you can always take. And I went, I kind of like the smaller team, but you know, a lot of times it, it just became where I was like, I suddenly found myself like, Greg, what do I do about this? I'm like, Oh, uh, and I realized I like a lot of problem solving. I'm like, well, maybe you could try this approach, but it's up to you. But you know, here's just me as a stylist telling you, I obviously don't own the place, but it just really became like, um, like everyone was just kind of like, Oh, like, uh, like I need your help or, or like, what, what should I do? And I always wanted to make sure like stylists were I don't know, feeling motivated, like, Hey, you're really good. Like, don't get discouraged. Or if they had like a tough client, you know, I don't know. I just kind of yep. like, like to pep people up, but it was just cause I wanted to, again, I wasn't getting paid to do this uh -huh. with the pandemic happening, you know, even more, you know, and I, I, I kind of was seeing the current salon I was at, it was kind of going in a demise meeting. Like, again, it just was a lot, a lack of, um, of uh like it was super neglected like to the point where i'm like okay like sometimes supplies run out right that's fine but i had to get to the point where i was like i have to text them two weeks prior because sometimes we won't get those and i would bring my own because i'm like me and the clients kind of need those kind of things <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, necessities right so anyways with that as they say you either 
stay somewhere and deal with mm-hmm. it or we have to change it. And I was like, well, yep. I think I have to start looking. I was thinking looking for a place, but then, yeah, it was weird again. And maybe it's like a weird sign or maybe I take these in a weird way, but you know, again, someone was like, Oh, I thought you were the owner here. And I was like, Oh, wow. And another one. Yeah. Again, maybe because I was just talking to the, <laughs> I don't know, but And then one of the stylists was like, you know, you should think about opening your own salon. Like, I think you'd be really good at that. And I was like, me? Like, uh, I don't know. Like, you're kind of sort of doing it right now. I'm like, Mm -hmm. well, helping. They're like, yeah, but like, you kind of, you know, like, it seems like you're. And I realized, again, it was kind of nice to have that because I could see more behind the scenes and sort of how it sort of ran. Not necessarily the financial numbers, but I, we, I'm really like, I love to look at that stuff too. Like I'm like, I geek out on that kind of stuff. Like I'm always like, I gotta know, you know? And um, so that 2019, I started looking Okay, like, I just had the idea, but it's like anything in which I'm glad we're, I'm not one to be like, oh, it's this release. Let's just get it. Like it really is excited as you are. Right. We all know, like, especially at a place like LA, you have to check what is you know, the prices, is there parking? What's this? So Mm -hmm. that took some time to really find it as much as I, you know, like heart emoji eyes, like this place is pretty. (laughs) But then I realized like one, there's no parking there. You know, there's so many elements. Mm -hmm. So then it was the end of 2019. And I found this like perfect spot. Like they were willing to work with us. It's a huge parking lot. It was like a cute place. Like it's like very bright. You know, first I thought of like, a plaza or like shopping center. I don't know, but it was like, they decorate it. Like they like paint it really bright colors and make it really cheery. And again, parking lot, you know, I mean, <laughs> I also try to put myself in the perspective of a client, right? Yeah. You're getting your hair down or whatever. And you have to like park like a million miles away or, you know, just there's nothing and you end up being late. That's, that is stressful. And I, I get yeah. some places that's just what you have. But if, since I was starting, I'm like, I, if I can get that, that would be great. So find this place. Of course, negotiations happen. You know, you got to go back and forth. Finally, we agreed to something and it was kind of around the end of January, 2020. And oh, you know, wow. <laughs> it's sounding really great. There was this weird rumor in the background that like something was possible mm-hmm. in the U S and I'm like, ah, you know, we're all like, ah, it's all right. Or like, it's not going to affect us whatsoever. Wrong. Right. Mm-hmm. So I was like, should I sign this? yeah, let's do it. You know, like how bad could this thing be? And, you know, March came around and it was like, everything is shut down and I'm going crazy. I am an idiot. Like, why why (laughs) did I do this? Like, what's wrong with me? And I'm like, oh, I have to totally back out. Right. I mean, there's just no way. And we got really fortunate, our landlords, which, you know, at this time, unless you owned your building, you were at a total discretion of your landlord. Like, were they going to be yeah. human beings or were they going to be monsters? Right. You just don't know. And yeah. we got really lucky, at least. And I think, too, which was smart is like they saw the big picture. Like, yes, this crazy uh, pandemic is going on right now. Everything's kind of upside down. But like eventually, hopefully one day when this is over or gets better. Yeah. And I have to have something ready. And um, they saw, they said, Oh my gosh, like, can't believe this is happening to you. We're so sorry. Like, you know what? We do want you for this place. So, how about, uh, you know, we came with an agreement where, because the technique I did pay for a deposit, you know, all that stuff. Right. They're like, You don't need to pay us rent. Just work on building out the salon. And when the day they say salons can open, we'll start your lease from there. And I was like, Wow. 
I was like, what? <laughs> really? That's they're like, amazing. Friend writing. So it's not like surprise. So yeah, like, absolutely. And they really did stick with their word. They did. So wow. all of 2020, I mean, I was kind of still running the chair on again, off again here. It was mm-hmm. over here, but like pretty much, you know, it was on the background, like just building it and wow. anything like uh, that year was construction stopped construction, you know, it was like very back and forth and dealing mm-hmm. with the city during that time. Oh my God. Cause you know, permits and all, all that stuff's already a nightmare. Mm-hmm. Imagine barely anyone working, you're getting just like the, you know, the machine or all that. And it, but I was thinking like, wow, is this ever going to happen? But you know what? I'm just going to keep going, you know? And I told some of my, some of my, my, my close friends knew I was doing this and maybe like one or two clients, but I'm like the, the kind as, as excited as I was, I was kind of like, well, if it doesn't happen, I don't want to be like, there's potential pretend salon might happen. Like yeah. I have something to show for instead of like, I'll talk. Like I've always been like, I don't want to just tell you about, I want to show you. So I just wanted to wait till it actually was built. So I'm not like this gaping hole might be a salon, you know? Yeah. And so a lot of it too, was with the design and everything. Um, like, yeah, my husband, he's an architect. So ah, okay, that helped out so much. So with that headache, probably without him, I probably would have ended up spending more money on like hiring an architect, yeah. hiring someone who deals with the city. Cause you know, as a hairstylist, I don't know that part. Like I know you have to do it, but let's get real. I don't really know the exact ins and outs. So he was very helpful in the sense of like dealing with the city while I dealt with clients. Yeah. So it was like, kind of like it really built our team aspect, you know, and, mm-hmm. but as partners, but I realized like he really stepped up in that like the things that I couldn't do. And we really can't do everything. Like you have to delegate certain things. Like I'm good with dealing with people and like the like salon biz, but I don't know, like structures, permitting, all that. So yeah. he dealt with all that. He worked on it. And then he helped with the design of the salon. Okay. Yeah. So that really just kind of came about and, you know, he, as I would help, but he would do the, like, you know, design the building, all that stuff, met up with the contractors so it was so helpful because it really was a stressful time. I was going like, I, I, I don't know, I, this is very overwhelming. And he kind of, he really helped like, oh, I know that sounds like, and of course they do want to make you confused, you know, all those like terms and all that, like, unless you study it, you don't, it's, it can, you know, the point is to get you like, oh, I don't really know what that is, but he would yeah. just be like, this means this and that. And like, I think this would be smarter for us to do this. And I'm like, oh, okay, great. So that made the uh, build out really work out and, you know, just kind of run as smoothly as it could. Yeah. So tell me about uh, like the design aesthetic. I mean, is that something obviously very personal to you and your husband with him helping to design as well? Tell me about like the vibe inside the salon and what you were going for when you first started. Yeah. And, you know, I think, you know, of course we're always looking at places and all that. And I, there's so many beautiful salons out there, but I just started to feel like for me, it was like, kind of looked sort of all the same. Like they were all beautifully done. Like, of course, like they're, you know, like some of these, like, like really, like just like really all white beige aesthetic, which again is gorgeous. But I was kind of like, 
I, of course you don't want too much colors where it distracts it from the hair, but I was like, I kind of wanted a little more fun. And I really just kind of channeled into like what I really wanted the salon to look like, like soft, but like fun and pops of it. And I really, so then that's when we came out with like the arches and like incorporated a lot of like soft yellows. So it's not just, it is, there is white, a lot of white in there, but also like, I just didn't want it to look so like neutral and, you know, like monochrome. And then when it came to the, um, our unique uh, like stylist stations, you know, at first we're looking at all these uh, like already salon furniture things and Mm -hmm. they're cute, like just kind of, they're okay. You know, I don't know. And then he was like, how about we just build our own? Like, uh, oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> you know, again, we have time. It's 2020. Yeah. I was like, I really want to incorporate a lot of waves, a lot of arches, things. Mm-hmm. And he came up with this design. And I'm like, oh, that's really cool. And then we were just walking in an Ikea one time and we saw these lockers and we're like, hey, these are really cool. Like, what if you think we put them on the side so it looks more like minimal? Mm. We can actually put a lot of things for like stylists. So it's not like just a bunch of products on one table, you know, cleaner and just, yeah, we came up and also skateboard. So it's covered, you know, all these things. And when we're, the design was done, I was like, oh my God, this is really cool. And I think that's what also like draws people like, like, again, most things are like, you know, like clean um, white tones with pops of yellow and pink. You see these like stations like, whoa, this is really cool. You know? So um I think, yeah, once we came out with that, that was very helpful. And I think that really helped with our, get our, our salon a little more noticed and more unique. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you, for those listening, head, head over to Instagram, it's grega.la, your handle, correct? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and the aesthetic of the salon is so cool. So unique. Uh, it just looks like a, ha- a happy, inclusive, welcoming place. So well done. It's very cool. Thanks. Um Tell me a little bit about, uh, you know, talking about the aesthetics of the salon. How do you want people to feel when they walk in the doors of Grega? Basically what you just said. I really wanted to channel like who, like one, you know, it's always like these uh, methods, but I would, I asked a lot of close friends, like, who I'm like, be brutally honest. Like, what do you think of me? Like, what kind of person do you think I am? Like, obviously we know who we are, but like, it's just close people. And they were like, yeah, you're very like welcoming. You always try to make people feel comfortable. And like, you're like funny or, you know, all these things. Right. And I started to gather and I was like, what do I want when I walk in the salon too? Sure. You know, obviously good hair, but like, there's so much more that comes with that. And I really wanted that like welcoming vibe. And also very like, I don't know, like, like, cool, but also not like you feel bad about yourself. Like no one's going to be like, Mm -hmm. Oh, you know, you're not, it's just kind of like, we want the neighborhood, but we want a lot of artists and people to feel like they could feel safe here. So I really Mm -hmm. tried to like implement that. And like, of course, like with some bright colors, but not too in your face. So I felt like I really wanted to just, and it is nice when I hear, like, I'll see reviews like, Oh, everyone was so nice and welcoming. I'm like, yeah, that's exactly what I wanted. Yeah. You know, like you hope you can actually implement that, Sure, but it's really cool to hear like, like, Oh, this is, it's happening. You know, <laughs> this is it. It is. Yeah. So when you transitioned to salon owner, was it difficult for you to find stylists or what do you look for in bringing a stylist onto your team? Yeah. Um, you know, at first it, it was true because I have, it's my salon's not that big, but it's also not like two people. It's um seven chairs. Okay. And I actually, one of the previous styles that I worked with, she actually was like, yeah, I want to come with you. So I was like, totally. Cool. you. And so that was great. Right. And I already knew we worked together for at the time, six years and okay. it was 
best relationship. Like we, it really was like a good hair business relationship, meaning like we're there for each other. And I also realized that's kind of the style I wanted. Like, like if you need like, Oh, help me with this formula, this and that, but also know like, we don't need to get in each other's business. Like you have a life outside, but like we work together. We want it pleasant. Like, you know, we'll tell each other stuff, but also like, like, okay, you're with your client. I'm with mine. Cool. Like that's it. You know that we're not trying to. So anyways, with that, I realized like, I really like that kind of relationship. So I, I wanted to find people who like, embodied that too. And like anything, you know, you interview people and surprisingly, you know, I was, I was really lucky. Like I got like, like at the time, maybe just within less than a year, I had like three stylists already come on in okay. and one is still there. And one ended up like moving to New York, which is fine. You know, I'm like, well, that's your life is somewhere. And the other one didn't end up wanting to do hair anymore. And it's like, well, okay. But mm-hmm. I realized, you know, of course we just want to say like, yeah, I want, I want like, it to be completely filled. But like, I started to realize already, like, I feel like hiring someone's kind of like dating in a weird way, not like anything romantic, yeah. but it's kind of like, you kind of have to meet people before you know what you want, what you don't want. Right. Mm-hmm. And I started to realize like the styles of like, like, yeah, like we're, it's a place where we do want to feel cl- like we're there for each other. But I really like I, the point of me also wanting to open my salon was like, I really don't like, I don't need anyone yelling at each other. Like yeah. I don't work really well with that. And I don't like that environment. Like my, like in a bigger salon, there was always like, just eh, like, there was always someone like making the other person feel bad and mm-hmm. you don't have to be best friends. I mean, we let's get real. We don't need to know like everything, but I like that the people I was close with, like we just understood that like arrangement, like we're there, we'll be creative. We, each other share like formulas and ideas, but it's also like, I don't like, I just don't like that toxic behavior. Like we all have bad, yeah. not happy 24 seven, but I just really with the salon, I was like, I cannot have someone like making the other person feel bad or just out of nowhere. Like if I'm having a right. bad day, I tell people hold me accountable too. If I'm having a crappy day, just because I, I'm not going to be like, okay, now it's time to take it out on everybody. Like, it's just not my style. And, right. you know, if I'm not, I'll just either take a personal day or just like, yeah, I'm just going to chill out a little bit. But like, I, I think once I was looking for that and I really tried to tell my stylist who like, I know everyone says no toxic behavior, right? That's just a thing. But like, I tell them, hold me accountable. I like, don't just listen to what I'm saying, actually observe the salon. And mm-hmm. then as I started getting on there, you know, and there was some hit or misses and I realized, ah, oh, you're just not good for the culture. Like it's not our style, you know, yeah. you can't please everyone. Right. And some people do that. And again, it's like, that's fine, but we're just not the salon for you. You know, like if you want that kind of intensity, like, I don't think you're going to really realize soon, like, that's just not our vibe. Yeah. You know, that's not my vibe. So in that sense, and it's also going like, even though I'm a nice person, I also won't tolerate like, you know, like it like if you're going to be unpleasant to people and clients, like just go get a suite. I tell them, maybe you're not meant right. to work for, with people. You're meant to work yeah. with them and that's fine, but I don't want that here. You know? Right. So I really look for someone who's like open and also just really like, if you want a team, but you also want like that freedom to like, and I also believe like people have their own artistic styles. Like just because I do a balayage one way, as long as the client is happy and it looks good and you're proud of it, like however approach, if you're not a short hair person, focus on long hair. Like I really want people to like thrive in like what they're good at. Not like everyone must do this. 
obviously they see my, our, my salon and they know it's color focused mainly. So that's why they're attracted to it in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, I'm really looking for someone who really does understand like, if you've been in places where you're like, uh, it's just awkward or like you're over that. And you're really just, I tell people, if you want a home or like a salon where you just like can do your thing and be creative, but also know you're in a safe space, but like you also have, uh, you know, you, you have your home life. Like I'm not going to be in your business. You don't need to be in mine. Right. Like just don't bring crap to work. That's it. You know, right. right? <laughs> it's so black and white, but I really mean it. Like, it's like, no matter what's going on, you don't like bleed it onto the stylist. You don't, I don't bleed it onto you. And again, yeah. So I think that's like what I'm looking for is like okay. you looking for that kind of thing. Like you want that creativity and support, but also know, like, I just don't want to deal with like salon politics or those kind of things. Like we're the salon for you. Yeah. And yeah. And now we're at about six of us. So that's really, and then uh, the, uh, one of the six or six meeting and counting me, um, one of them I actually worked with in long beach and she comes and works once or twice a week and we've worked together for nine years. It was like the fact that I'm able to keep Cause she yeah. wanted that too. And she, she rents a suite more in Long Beach cause obviously it's further away, but she wanted, started missing that, you know, like, mm-hmm. and again, some people don't mind, that's fine. But as she was more in those suites, she was kind of craving that. Like, I don't need a huge salon, but like, I kind of like miss like bouncing off ideas, yeah. having that sort of, um, you know, like, Oh, I never thought about mixing it that way. Or like, what did you do? So I said, well, you know, you're an amazing stylist and we worked well together would you like to just do part-time here? And it, she's been and loves it. And it, it's cool that we can keep also that working relationship and, yeah. you know, especially working together for nine years, you know, prior to that. So I think that that goes, that speaks well to your vibe, right? <laughs> like your tribe and your vibe. I mean, if you've had that relationship that long, for sure. Yeah. Um. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about trends right now. So certainly your salon is known for vibrant color, as I mentioned before, lived in looks and accentuating cuts, mm-hmm. but tell me about where you think color trends are going by the end of the year into next year. Like what, what are you predicting? I am definitely seeing a lot of coppers, like version, different okay. versions of it. And the thing about coppers is it is really pretty on everyone. It just depends on the tone, right? Like mm. I with my personally on my skin tone, if it looked too like natural red and more muted, it would kind of wash me out. I would need something more vibrant, but yeah, everyone's kind of embracing warmer tones, okay. which is nice. There was that time, right? Like, no, no, only ash, only ash, which again, not everyone looks good in copper, but you know, warm could be like blonde, like a, a honey blonde, not sure. brownie, right? And I think yep. people are understanding like warm isn't just like, yeah, like usually a stylist's goal is not to make you brassy, by the way. Like I understand <laughs> that you don't want brass, but like usually we're not like, we're going to mix a brassy color for you, right? Like, but I think everyone's kind of like, yeah, you know, I kind of want more of that like warmer tones. Like it's not like so scary to say anymore, but definitely coppers, like everyone version of that. Mm-hmm. Got it. And then what about cuts? What are you seeing? I mean, we've seen trends come and go, yeah. you know, um, but what are, what's coming back? Like, what do you think is here to stay for 2023? You know, it's really funny. Cause you know, a few years ago, it was like that really sleek look, right? No layers. Now it's like more layers, more layers. And as we all know, all the nineties, the Y2K stuff <laughs> coming back, it's hilarious, but I guess one day, I guess it had to come around, I guess, but, and all it's, it's all about nineties blowouts again, you know, like that huge, this remember before it was like, Oh no, no, like sleek it down. Like I want it 
yep. straight. Now everyone, especially you know, like younger girls are embracing that like very like, like volume blowout, like layers. I want these front layers where for a while, like, oh no, like, no. you know, like none of that. Yeah. So it's, it's interesting how a lot of that style is kind of going back to that. Yeah. And a lot of the, um, yeah. And I think just kind of exploring with a lot of that, like, like French girl bobs always kind of been a thing and bangs. Like it's like okay. layers bangs is kind of coming back in whatever version that is from a, you know, a mullet to a shag, you know, it's just all its own version. And I feel like layers are here to stay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Layers are here to stay forever. Yeah. We heard it. <laughs> I mean, I'm a fan of the volume and maybe that is because I was like an eighties, early nineties yeah, kid. Really so pretty. yeah, I'm like, actually, I'm working. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. First of all, like, you know what? It actually looks really good on a lot of people. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. So um, now we're going to get into a little bit of what we call the tease quick takes. If you're ready for it, it is just off the cuff. We're going to get to know you a little bit more. So first off, what was your last Google search? My last Google search. (laughs) Um, What was it? Oh, top new restaurants in LA. Okay. All right. And what did you come up with? Did you go to one of them? <laughs> yeah, I did. Uh, let's see. Which one did I try? It's called, um, what it's called Safi's and okay. it's this group called like from the Bessia restaurants and all that. It's like from this whole line. It's, um, a really good, like shawarma middle Eastern place. Ooh, sounds good. It was really good. Yeah. I just always like to look like what's opening what's around. So yeah. Amazing. Okay. So, you know, in looking back at Grega's Instagram, I did see you back in the day doing some hair on the side um, and certainly a trend there, but tell me what was the cringiest trend you have ever tried? (laughs) Oh God. I mean, and it's probably going to come back, right? Like it's always (laughs) highlights are never going to come back and then it's back. Right. Mm -hmm. I feel like that kind of was, but weirdly enough, some girls really pull it off. I think it's just how you like, wear it but another cringy one which i was huge into this emo scene and okay that person the like part started here and like mm-hmm. drew over my face all right and like panels of you know it was like <laughs> oh god like i really thought that's gonna be in forever then you realize like no <laughs> like oh god. and i mean do, do we think that's gonna come back i suppose everything will right it's all gonna come back around i had a few like like middle schoolers ask me about it and i'm like oh, oh my god i've not done that cut in forever so what you need is a flat <laughs> iron okay the hairspray and you know, like get ready, not touch your bangs, whatever you do, not touch your bangs. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Okay, what is an animal that you are most like? I would I feel like a cat. Yeah. A so cat. I'm uh, and I have two at home that I love. Okay. Babies, but <laughs> I guess I'm more like I like to observe people a lot. Okay. And I think like once I mean I am pretty like friendly, but I feel like once I really get to know you, you know, um, I feel like that's the, uh, like you're the one, you know, like you're okay. super cool. And I trust you. Then like, you got me, you know? All right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. What is one product that you cannot live without? Let's see. Um, you know, I really love from Dobbiness, the mm. one milk spray, okay. like that, the smell of its own, just really like, it doesn't even matter. They're like, what is that? You're spraying. I want it. And not only that, it's like, it just kind of like gets the tangles out. Hmm. It's hydrating, but not heavy because okay. I can't do too much heavy stuff in my hair, but like 
anyone can use it. And I feel like it's a good universal product. That's like a good detangler and just smells okay. good here. I think it's that, right? Like a lot of times we're attracted to, I know besides the packaging, right? Right. We want that smell. Like, and I, I feel like that's the one that's really, um, that really sticks with me. All right. Got it. And then the last question is what is advice for those who want to make it to the top of our industry? I feel like my advice would be, you do have to put in time and work. Yeah. Like I know, like, again, obviously people are like, yeah, don't like, don't like stress yourself out. And absolutely like, yeah, there that needs to be a time, but like, I feel like you can't just sit there and go, okay, I'm going to get a, like all these people coming to me. And right. yes, the salon is important, but nowadays I feel like with the internet and stuff, like, sure. They might go, Oh, there's a salon. Who are you as a stylist? Yeah. It's like, yeah, that, that salon is, I feel like it's for first, the part that lures like it, the interest, Sure, but it's almost like a tattoo place, right? Like you go in, who's the tattoo artist. I always try to remind them that like, when you go to, get your tattoo done. You're not, if you're very careful or want to, you're going to look at the specific artist. So for sure, yes, shop, which is the salon, but like you as yourself kind of need to be the one that like stands out and it doesn't have to be a million followers. I mean, we don't, but like we're able to just make people know like your style and who you are. And yeah, really just kind of hone in. Like, what do you feel like you want? Yeah people to remember you and when they come to you for, you know, like, and again, some people like the, like, Oh, I like to be a little more like, like, you know, like, uh, like in people's faces, well, fine. That's your brand. But like, you have to kind of work towards that. You can't just like want that. And you really have to take action. Like you cannot just, yeah. And I like really want clients to come in. It's like, but what are you doing though? Are you like, networking? Yeah. are you doing this? Like, it just does not like, you have to take action. I mean, our job is physical. It's, it's one to yeah. one. So in order to awesome. do it, you have to really put in the time and work. Yep. I love that. A great note to end on. Thank you so much for your time. It was so fun getting to know you. And again, congratulations on the salon. It is, it is stunning <laughs> and all of the great work that you're doing. Thank you so much <laughs> for having me. <laughs> you bet. All right. How cool. I mean, have you checked out the IG Gregor's IG. I mean, it's amazing. So good. The aesthetic is beautiful. And it makes sense that her husband was the architect behind it all. Mm-hmm. So kudos to Grega and her husband and her talented team over at Grega. Be sure to hit subscribe, rate, and review, and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok. And read the tease and send in questions to volume up at thetease.com. Volume Up is a Tease Media production. This episode was produced by Monica Hickey and Madeline Hickey. Brian Daly is our editor and audio engineer. Thank you to our creative team for putting together the graphics for this episode. 